What's going on, guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Thursday, so time to go over the running backs I'd be starting and sitting this week. As always, these are my thoughts as of Wednesday afternoon, but we're going to get a lot more news throughout the week. So if you want to see my updated take leading up to kickoff, you can always see that at my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. So let's get things started off with the Thursday night game. Dolphins at Bengals should be a good game to watch two really good football teams in that one game has a 47 point total Bengals are four point home favorites For the Dolphins we sort of have a mess uh, you know there's been slightly different usage in each week it hasn't been consistent week over week but on the season right now Mostert 43% of the team's carries 6% target share we've got Edmonds 41% of the carry, so slightly fewer there, and then an 8% target share for Edmonds. So basically a split, slight lean towards Edmonds in the receiving game, but it's a very slight lean. Unfortunately, this is also a split on a team that ranks 23rd in rush play percentage, 29th in rush attempts per game. I prefer Edmonds because I think he is the slightly better player and he's got a slightly larger passing game role, which is important in fantasy and the fact that they did give him the ball twice at the goal line last week. But I don't love him as a play. I'm benching him the one league that do have him this week. He's been running back 32, most are at 43. I think both of them, I would prefer to keep them both on the bench. The Bengals. Uh, I know he's only averaging like two and a half yards per carry. It's been really, really bad this season. No touchdowns for Joe Mixon, but he has one of the strongest workloads of any running back, and he should be started in all formats. He's the key piece for the Bengals offense really getting back on track. They need him to force defenses to respect the run to get out of these like, you know, two deep safety looks like they just they need Mixon to do better. And until he, you know, starts to do good, they're going to struggle on offense because defenses really aren't going to be, like, scared of the run game and they're going to, you know, sell it to stop the passing game. And so hopefully he gets on track soon. Uh, it's not a terrible matchup, but, like, Miami's a really, really strong defense. Uh, but, yeah, again, you have mix and you have to play him. You can't play any other running backs there. Moving on to the London game. This week. So we have a 9.30 Eastern kickoff in this one. That's 6.30 Pacific for those of you on the West Coast. So please plan accordingly. This is also a game where there might be news. So this is a really important one. Please, if you live on the West Coast, do not go to bed Saturday night having no idea if Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison is the starting running back and then wake up and be like, oh no, I missed Locke and I screwed up that decision. That's a really, really important one this week. So please pay attention to the news throughout the week. And if we don't know, you got to set your alarm and make sure you have the right players in. Um, for this game, though, 43.5 point total, 2.5 points in favor of the Vikings, who I think are technically the road team. But again, the game's in London. They're both road teams. So for the Vikings, completely depends, again, like I said, on the news. If Dalvin Cook is out, absolutely start Alexander Madison. I genuinely don't care what running backs you have start Madison if Cook is out even in a brutal matchup he's just going to have such a high share of the opportunity uh huge chance of scoring a touchdown going to have receptions carries like you just got to start him if Cook is active then we need to see what the reports say is he like active but not going to play is he going to get his usual workload is going to be a 50 50 split like we don't really know my guess is that they wouldn't play him if he's not you know, I don't want to say 100% because he's not going to be 100%, but 
if they wouldn't play him and then only give him like a few touches, it would make no sense to do that. So I'm thinking if he's active, you're just playing him and you're just assuming he's good to go. But again, there's so many possibilities here for the reports that we just kind of have to play the wait and see game there. Uh, for the Saints, I know the fantasy production has not been there yet, but you are always starting Alvin Kamara. The underlying usage is very strong. He's a good play. Chargers at Texans up next. 44.5 point total. Chargers only five point road favorites in this one. Uh, maybe some level of indication that Justin Herbert obviously is still impacted by the injury. The Chargers always start Eckler. Don't need to go over that one. For the Texans, we finally trusted Damon Pierce last week. Remember, we weren't playing in weeks one and two, but I said last week I was going to play him in the one league that I do have him. He did not disappoint. He did really well. He almost had two touchdowns. Uh, yet again, dominates the running back carries, but the receiving game is the one concern with Pierce. We know from this point on, he's getting the carries. Like he's just going to be um, getting pretty much all. I mean, if they have a game where they have like 25 total rush attempts, like he's going to cede some to Rex Burkhead, to any other running back they might activate. Um, but in games where, you know, they're not running the ball like every single play, he's going to have, you know, a huge share. He's going to get plenty of the workload. So never be concerned that he's knocking it early down. The concern would be on third downs. But he got the two targets this last week. Um, They've kind of talked about maybe getting him a little bit more involved. I do think they want to like not completely feature him, which still makes sense. I don't think they want to give him, you know, 22 carries and like seven targets, right? He's going to get hurt. Uh, They don't want to just overload him too much. So it makes sense using Burkhead. But if he's still going to mix in for like, even two to three targets each week, that is completely fine given his early down workload. He's got 67% of the team carries. 10, this is the important part, 10 of the 11 carries inside the red zone, six of seven inside the 10, all three inside the five. When they get close, it goes to Pierce. And let's be honest, they don't have that many pass catchers that are super elite besides Brandon Cooks. And so they're going to run a ton when they get close as well. High touchdown upside, high carry upside, some targets, you're playing them. Next up. We've got Bears at Giants. This game has a brutally low, like 38 and a half point totals are not fun games to watch. Uh, This is going to be, I mean, let's be honest, the Bears are going to run the ball every play. The Giants are going to run the ball a ton. Like it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to one to watch. Uh, Giants, three and a half point home favorites. The Bears, uh, like I alluded to, can run the ball every play. They are up to a 65 and a half percent rush rate. That is 11% higher than any other team. And you're like, wow, that's a lot. Think about it this way. It is 10% higher than any other team has had over the last 15 years. 10% higher. That is absolutely wild. They are running it every single play. Now we're going to have to wait for news on Montgomery. At least as I'm recording this, I don't know his final status. They are optimistic about him this week. But again, I don't know if he's out. Herbert is a slam dunk play. You have to play him. He's just going to have a great game. If Montgomery plays, it's similar to Dalvin Cook. Well, how much is he going to play? Is he going to still step into his normal workload? Is he going to be like, you know, active as like an insurance policy? Like what is this? um, What is his exact status? Basically, Um, I think there's really nothing we can do until we get that news. But I think we're going to know Friday, Saturday. Like I just think we're going to know going into this game exactly how much they intend on using him. Uh, and so we kind of have to just see what that news is and adjust from there. And if the Giants start to take one, he's a stud. Seahawks at Lions. Up next, this game has a surprisingly high 
50-point total, and the Lions are 4.5-point home favorites. For the Seahawks, they amazingly used four running backs last week, which is obviously concerning. Now, to be fair, uh, Penny held the clear lead with 15 touches, so it wasn't like they were evenly splitting amongst four running backs. But DJ Dallas still had five. Ken Walker still had six. Travis Homer still had a carry as well. And so, not great. Like, obviously, we don't want that happening. Uh, it's also concerning that Penny only has a 4% target share through three weeks, which is like, terrible i think that's lower than derrick henry has so we've got like an early down only running back on one of the worst teams in football now it's a fantastic spot the lions team is paced up they don't have a good defense and so this is a spot you'd maybe want to use penny but i just don't know if we can trust any of their running backs right now uh penny's the only one you could maybe start but he's my running back 36 as of recording this that's on the fringes and that's someone you not aren't going to necessarily start in all formats. For the Lions, it looks like Swift is going to miss the next two games, but they have a week six bye, so it's really like the next three weeks. You're probably not going to have him, and then they return in week six. That sort of makes sense, right? He wasn't probably going to play this week. Why rush him back in the following week if you go on bye the week after that? So I think they're targeting a week seven return. It would be kind of neat if that did happen along with Jameson Williams because that's, you know, over the summer, that's what I was kind of saying was that, you know, he's probably going to go on IR, and then they're probably going to just hold him out until after their bye. And so if they get Swift back, they get Williams back, that'd be pretty neat. Um, but anyways, for this week, uh, Lions are still home favorites even without Swift. It's a very high total game. Uh, you know, you're you're starting Jameson Williams. Like, it's not a lock that he's going to go off, but he's going to get plenty of goal line opportunity if they can get there, which Vegas is projecting them to get there. Uh, he's going to get some targets at least. I know that Craig Reynolds is going to mix in, but he's going to get some targets. He's going to get plenty of carries. Like, you're starting Williams. Like, this is what you drafted him for. You're starting him this week. Uh, you could theoretically use Craig Reynolds in, like, uh, a deeper format if you need to, but I would say like, you know, maybe second flex in a 14 team league, maybe second flex in like a 16 team league is more ideal. I don't think you need to go there again, unless you're in like a 14 or 16 team league for the next game. Jaguars at Eagles. This game has a 48 and a half point total. So another high total game Eagles six and a half point home favorites, the Jaguars, uh, James Robinson is back to being their top option. You would like to see him use a little bit more in the receiving game. He had some targets last week. He's up to a 6.5% target share, which is like kind of right on that edge of like, you know, 4 or 5% is not ideal. That's pretty low. You'd like them to be up at like 7, 8, 9%. So 6.5, it's still pretty low. We'd like to see it higher. But he's gotten 58% of the team's carries. That's pretty solid. He's gotten twice as many red zone carries as ETN. He's out carried him 5 to 1 inside the 10-yard line two to nothing inside the five. Now, the matchup is brutal. Philly is a very strong defense. We're also expecting Philly to be winning this game, which doesn't bode well for you know the overall uh, potential carries for the running backs. And so if we look at Robinson, if he's going to maintain that like, you know, around 6% target share, well, then that's not good for him. If they're trailing, you want them to at least have the game close um, six and a half isn't like the end of the world. And if they can keep it within a one score game, they can run their normal offense the whole game. So that's totally fine. But if Philly gets up 10, 13, 14 points, you might see Jacksonville really have to start passing the ball. And if that happens, well, that's obviously a negative for Robinson. I think this is a great test though. I said this earlier this week, uh, for the Jaguars, like Jacksonville's looked good. And they produced last week against a very strong defense. They scored, what, 38 points against the Chargers? Like, that's impressive. 
if they can, you know, 38 is not going to happen, but if they can score, you know, 27 this week against the Eagles, like we're going to be looking at this, like they've walked into like, you know, two very, very strong defenses and done well. We're going to trust everyone in this offense moving forward. So a big test for them this week. Um, but I guess as for the running backs, you know, uh, Robinson, I, I just think you got to play him if you've got him. Uh, he's like a low end running back too, maybe a mid range running back too. It, it really does depend on the game script for him. And for ETN, he's my running back 28. So you're probably playing him in the flex, especially for where you probably drafted him. Um, and it's encouraging seeing the usage increase. He's been great as a pass catcher. He hasn't gotten high volume, but like the efficiency is really there. And the touches have gone up. Six touches in week one, 12 in week two, 16 last week. And while some of that is game script related last week, like they won, what was it, 38 to like 10, you have to think that like they're, they're, being more comfortable with him. Remember, he's effectively a rookie this season. So encouraging, but it's a tough call with him because it's against a strong defense and he could still go back to having like 11 or 12 touches. And that's like right on the edge of what you'd want in the flex. As for the Eagles, uh, they're home favorites. It's a good matchup, high total game. Unfortunately, they have a running back by committee and then also add in Jalen Hurts. So it's like a huge running back by committee. Um, with that being said, Miles Sanders still has... 45% of the carries, 6% target share, like, you know, not great numbers, not as good as Robinson, but behind like one of the best, if not the best offensive lines in football on the team that's supposed to be winning, supposed to be scoring more points. I think it's a good enough spot for him to still be started as a running back too, and I wouldn't play any of the other Eagles running backs. Next up, we've got Jets at Steelers. This game has a 40 and a half point total. Steelers, three and a half point home favorites for the Jets risky this week any Jets player is very risky Zach Wilson is set to return it looks like he is going to be the starting quarterback this week and so usage rates are going to change a lot quarterbacks just prefer different players and different positions Flacco loves to throw to running backs Zach Wilson does not and so even though we see Brees Hall set you know a season high and I guess a career high being a rookie in you know snap percentage last week commands 11 targets we don't know if that's going to continue with Wilson. So I would say Hall is the one I'd be starting. Uh, a lower-end flex play this week. Not a good game environment. Not a good matchup. Concerns definitely switching to Wilson, who hasn't shown to be that great of a quarterback and definitely not for the running backs on his own team. But he's got enough talent to where I'd maybe want to start him. And I don't think I'd want to start Michael Carter at all this week. Uh, but again, for even for Brees Hall... It's like a low-end flex play. I'm not super excited about him this week. For the Steelers, uh, Jalen Warren looks really good. Like If you watch him play, like he's explosive. He looks like a great running back. I think they should start giving him more touches just because, like, I mean, they talked about how they wanted to keep Najee Harris fresh and healthy. Well, you've got that now. You've got that possibility. Give Warren four, five, six touches a game. Keep Harris a little bit fresh. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think Harris is still the clear lead back. I mean, he is still still the, like the clear lead back, but like I think they're still clearly going to give him a ton of touches, and so I would start him in any matchup, especially as a favorite. Browns at Falcons up next. This game has a pretty high forty nine and a half point total. It was definitely higher than I expected to see when I saw this game. Browns one and a half point road favorites for the Browns. Always start Nick Chubb. Uh, Hunt is always like a fringe play for us. He is likely going to disappoint any week that he does not score because the volume isn't super high. But 
He should get around 12 to 15 touches. This is a good matchup. This is a high total game. Um, I actually project him having like a really good chance of scoring a touchdown this week. And so I would play him this week as a low end running back too. For the Falcons, Patterson's been a bit of a roller coaster this season. He has either over 130 yards and a score, or he has under 45 yards and no touchdowns. Like nothing in between. So either he goes nuclear or he does absolutely nothing. Uh, please note that he is not a high-end pass catcher right now. He only has a 9% target share on the season, which you're like, oh, Nick, that's good for running backs. Yeah, but it's inflated by week one. He only has two total targets in weeks two and three combined. So remember, uh, with these like early down only running backs, the floor is very low in weeks they don't score. We saw that in week two. But the Falcons have scored 26, 27, and 27 points so far this season. And that includes games against the Saints and the Rams, two very strong defenses. This is a better offense than we thought it would be, and they're only one-and-a-half-point underdogs this week, so they can absolutely win this game. And if you have Patterson, you're playing him. I'm a little concerned. I've looked at the Vegas lines, and I think it's like 61-and-a-half total yards for the projection for him. I think that's a little bit low, uh, so I guess it gives you some sort of pause that maybe, you know, he's had two spiked weeks, but that's not what we're going to see on average. Um, but I think, again, the autumn playing this week. Next up, we have Titans at Colts, 42.5 point total, Colts, 3.5 point home favorites. The Titans, it's easy, always start Derrick Henry. The Colts, always start Jonathan Taylor. And then Hines is like flex viable in PPR formats. He should be left on benches in like standard and half PPR. Uh, he does have five receptions per game so far, and that's not spike. That's not like 10 in one week and zero another. Like he's getting around five catches each week. Again, Full PPR leagues, especially deeper full PPR leagues, that's viable, just getting you those extra points. Uh, but it's only that. He's not going to get anything on the ground. And if you're not in PPR, don't play him. And it's even, it's just like a low-end flex play, even in PPR. Next up, we've got Commanders at Cowboys. This game has a 42.5 point total. Cowboys, 3.5 point home favorites. The Commanders, Brian Robinson is extremely close to returning. I think he could return next week. And once he takes over, um, or at least once he returns, I think he takes over pretty soon after that. Uh, and once that happens, we're not going to be in love with Gibson or honestly, J.D. McKissick as well. Um, but that's not going to happen this week. He still can't return. And so I think you're just going to keep starting Gibson. Um, McKissick is actually up to 19 receptions on the season, which is pretty impressive. Uh, and then I guess he adds on like three carries after that, which is going to get you like, you know, 0.9 points. It's not going to do anything for you. It's really all the receptions. So similar thing with Heinz. You know, if you have McKissick in a full PPR format, especially a deeper full PPR league, um, I don't know. I, I think he's fine to play. If he's going to get you, you know, six receptions, hey, that you can turn that into like 10 half or 10 full PPR points, and that's not bad. So deeper PPR leagues, you can play him in the flex. For the Cowboys, uh, Zeke and Pollard are like roughly splitting the snaps and touches. We're going to see Zeke have you know a stronger lead. On the ground, Pollard a little bit more through the air. On average, last week, that wasn't the case. Pollard had like one target and zero receptions. But on average, you're going to see him get more than that. Uh, the commanders don't have like an elite defense. And Dallas really wants to lean on these running backs until Dak returns. I believe he could return in week five. Looks like it's not going to happen this week. Uh, so they'll kept being leaned on. And uh, I think you can just play them in the flex. I don't think you want to use a running back two like you can they're probably low end running back two plays i would say that flex spot that second flex spot is good for them um but even his home favorites like remember they're only projected to score 23 like they're, they're not like some fantastic offense when they don't have Dak, and so they're not 
lock plays, and you're probably not going to be pumped about playing them if they don't score a touchdown, uh, but it's not a bad spot. They're going to get some volume, so, you know, low-end flex plays. That's how I view them this week. Uh, Bills at Ravens is up next. 52-point total. It's going to be a really, really good game. Two strong offenses and defenses, but typically when you have great offense, it's going to beat strong defense most of the time, Uh, and then the Bills are three-and-a-half-point road favorites. The Bills. Singletary was honestly close to being a feature back last week, but even counting that game, because Josh Allen runs the ball so much, uh, he's only got 33% of the team's carries. He's only averaged three and a half yards per carry. We know he's not that great on the ground. He's got a 12% target share, but that was very heavily weighted by last week. In weeks one and two, he had five total targets, and then he had 11 last week. Why do you have 11? They threw the ball 63 times. Like, that's nine more pass attempts last week than he had, uh, Josh Allen, obviously, in any game of his career. That's not going to happen again, right? He threw the ball again nine more times than his second most pass-heavy game in his career. It was just game script-related last week. That many pass attempts will not happen again. Don't think that Singletary is all of a sudden getting 10 targets every week. I think he's the only one that you would play. I don't think you're touching any of the other ones. But I would still just rather bench all Buffalo running backs. Josh Allen is a running back one. For the Ravens, uh, pretty encouraging to see Dobbins return in his first week, get 30% of the team's carries and 7% of the target share. Like, that's that's really solid. Now, you'd imagine they slowly bring him back. It's not like, oh, this week he's getting 80% of the carries and get 15% target share. He's running back one, right? Like, it's going to take him time to, like, fully come back. It was a pretty massive injury. But also encouraging to see him have... 43% of the snaps right away. Now, the results weren't good, and we still don't know if he's even going to be good this season. A lot of times it takes people like a year of playing, like returning, to fully get back in shape, to fully get back to what they were. So maybe next season we can kind of start using him again, but encouraging again, nonetheless. And they don't really have that much talent behind him. So um, this week, I think you're still benching him. It's a tough Buffalo defense. Uh, we're kind of projecting Baltimore to lean a little bit more on the pass this week. Uh, but I'm encouraged with what I saw. And I think long term, you know, maybe in the next like three to four weeks, maybe we are relying on him as like a weekly running back too, just not this week. Cardinals at Panthers. What's up next? 43 point total, one and a half points in favor of the home team, Panthers. For the Cardinals, been tough to watch. James Conner this season. Uh, he's doing his best, but I mean, He's always been inefficient, but like this season, he's even more inefficient than he always was. Uh, Volume and touchdowns are going to make him viable at running back two, but he's another one of those players that it's like, if he does not score a touchdown, he is going to be a bust. He has an awful yards per carry, does not do great in the receiving game. It's tough. He's got to score, but he's got good chance of scoring. So I think like low end two, where you draft him, you probably have to use him there. Uh, But yeah, don't, don't be super excited to play him this week. And then Panthers... Always start McCaffrey. Broncos at Raiders is up next. 45.5 point total. Raiders 2.5 point home favorites. For the Broncos, uh, they decided to move to a three-man committee last week, which is odd given that the right move is to reduce the rotation and go to a one-man committee. Mike Boone played on third downs, and he responded by dropping his only target and doing absolutely nothing in the entire game. Uh, Melvin Gordon was also in on 38% of snaps. He gained 2.1 yards per carry, less than six yards per reception. And, you know, both those numbers are well below replacement level. Like Gordon's just a replacement level running back, maybe even worse than that. Nathaniel Hackett has been awful so far. 
He's been awful in his decision-making. They had to hire someone to tell him when to use timeouts and stuff because he's just an idiot. Uh, and then his play calling is putrid. It's just really, really bad. So tough to know exactly when they'll turn things around. Will it take him, you know, being bad for another five, six weeks and having to have someone else call the plays? Maybe. I don't really know. But it's been tough to watch. They're averaging 14.3 points per game right now. Like, you know, most coaches could get at least, what, 22, 23 points per game out of this offense. It's a great offense. It's just how do you trust these dudes when the play calling and the decision-making is so bad? With that being said, I think you kind of have to start Jameson Williams. I have him in one league. I'm starting him. I'm just hoping that eventually they wake up and start using him more. For the Raiders, Jacobs has dominated the early down workload, um, and he's been pretty efficient on the ground. Like He's still a really good running back. He's just not super involved in the passing game and hasn't scored a touchdown yet, so the numbers aren't going to look very good. Any running back that hasn't scored yet, you know, you're frustrated with their production. I do think that you know, he's going to start to be better in fantasy. He's going to score eventually. Uh, he's going to have a solid game. They're not going to lose every week, so we'll have more positive game scripts. But remember, long term, they're going to have White involved at some point. Um, I doubt they go through the entire season not using him. And so right now, Jacobs is viable as a low-end running back too. Long-term, I don't love him. Patriots at Packers is up next. This one has a 40.5-point total. Packers, 10-point home favorites. Patriots are probably going to be without Mac Jones this week. Uh, even if they had him, it wasn't going to be pretty for the Patriots. Uh, and given the low total and being 10-point road underdogs, they're projected to score 15.25 points. That's not great. For the Patriots, you really don't want to play running backs on teams projected to score 15.25 points, especially when they've been pretty bad on offense overall. With that being said, Stevenson had a really strong workload last week and recently. Like, they're rotating drives, but then they also give Stevenson two-minute and hurry-up offense uh, running back snaps. And it's important because in this game, uh, it's possible they fall behind 14-0 instantly, or at least, you know, maybe it's like 17-3 to at halftime. And they kind of need to run that sort of offense for the full second half. And you'd expect Stevenson to get more touches, more snaps than Harris. Brutal spot for running backs. Brutal spot for just like the overall scoring environment. Even if the running backs do well, they will probably only score like one touchdown this week. And so you just got to pray that it's your guy. So I'm not playing Harris. Stevenson, I honestly think you could play. Um, just understand that he needs to score. He's got to do that. Um, could it be where they don't score a touchdown all game? Yes, but maybe Stevenson has like four or five receptions for like 40 or 50 yards. Maybe he has, you know, 90 to 100 total yards and he ends up being fine. Uh, so he's the one I'd want to use. I'm just not in love with it. But again, he's like a low end two or flex play just given potential volume. For the Packers, it's a good spot, obviously. Home favorite. You'd like to be a home favorite with like, you know, a higher team total because. Again, it's, it's still a good Patriots defense, and both teams are going to play slow, so there might not be many plays in this game. But that being said, uh, you've got Aaron Jones probably just has to be started no matter who you have. Good chance of scoring. Uh, they're going to have the ball a ton. They're going to be up. It's good for running backs. I think Dylan is a strong play at running back, too. Um, like I said, not a great spot, but they should win the game. They should be ahead. That's good for him in the second half, especially. As many of you know, I have a league with Damian Pierce, Christian Kirk, Devonta Smith, and A.J. Dillon. And that's kind of like, it's a two-flex league. So, like, those are the players I'm kind of looking at for those, like, two-flex spots. I benched Dillon last week. The matchup was brutal against the Bucs. 
Uh, as of right now, I'm benching him again. So if you want to like kind of compare amongst those players, I know many of you have those players. I would bench Dylan for them. But it's a lot closer this week than it was last week because of the potential game script. It's very positive for Dylan in the second half. But again, right now, I'm still benching him. Sunday night game is going to be Chiefs at Bucks. This game has a 45.5 point total. Chiefs, two-point road favorites. For the Chiefs, this is much more of a committee than most people think. McKinnon has played the same or more snaps than Clyde in every game this season. And while McKinnon doesn't get as many touches, it's obviously a concern that Clyde is playing like 25 total snaps each week. I think it's like 27, 25, and 25. If we're only expecting Clyde to get, you know, seven to eight carries, maybe three, four, potentially five targets against the Bucs, I would probably just keep him on the bench. He's a very big sell high right now. Even with the touchdown upside, like he's just not really worth starting if he's only going to get around 10 touches in this, in this matchup. For the Bucks, Fournette has been a featured back recently. He's playing like all the snaps, getting all the touches. They've made comments about getting other backs involved, mainly Rashad White. But until we see that happen, even when we do, like Fournette's going to get all the high value touches. He's going to get, you know, all this goal line work. You got to use him if you have him. The Monday night game. It's going to be Rams at 49ers. This one has a low 42.5 point total. 49ers are actually two-point home favorites. For the Rams, we are seeing a split backfield. Akers is more of the early down back with Henderson taking over on passing downs. Even with week one, so remember Henderson was like a feature running back in week one. Even counting that, Akers now has 48% of the team's carries to Henderson's 43%. So again, Akers is commanding the lead on the ground right now. This is a pretty gross spot against a slow-paced 49ers team that loves to run the ball and has a quality defense. So, like, the plays for the Rams might not be there. And then they're projected to lose, which isn't good for the running backs. And so I'd personally bench both Henderson and Akers. For the 49ers, I maintain that Jeff Wilson is not that great of a running back. But this is last season all over again. Like, the 49ers just cannot stay healthy. All of the running backs are hurt, and so they have no choice but to use him. I still think they should give Jordan Mason more opportunities, but it's pretty clear they're not going to do that. He's only going to be used to just keep Wilson healthy. And Wilson, they've talked about being a running back. They don't trust to give the complete workload because they think he's going to break down if they do so. So don't think he's going to go out there and have like 25 carries in the game that they're winning. Like they do not want to do that with him. They want to keep him healthy. I think though he's going to have in like the low to mid teens for carries, mix in a few targets will be used at the goal line. The only problem is Debo also will. And so it's like they're going to throw the ball sometimes, then Debo will use, and then it's also Jeff Wilson. So like he theoretically has high touchdown upside, but like in practice, there's a reason he hasn't been like scoring. It's that they have a lot of other playmakers they want to give the ball, but he still could score a touchdown. They're still favorites. I think you're still playing Jeff Wilson. Just again, the upside is a little bit capped just given the offense. So That'll do it for the week four running back starts and sits. There's definitely going to be news that drops after this video is made and released. And so if you want my most up-to-date take later in the week, you can see exactly how I project each player, exactly where they are in the rankings at my website, thefantasyfootballadvice.com. I'll be back tomorrow with wide receiver starts and sits, Saturday with my favorite plays of the week. But then my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here. Thanks for watching.